Miracy. The brain works in certain ways and you can work with the brain or against the brain. And if you're working with the client's brain, change is gonna be easier, change is gonna be faster, and change is gonna be longer lasting. Hello and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way, of course. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, And I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we get all scientific about blowing up your business. I'm talking neuroscience and how do you corral the brain to work on your behalf in moving toward explosive growth? Our guest is Dr. Arena O'Brien, PhD, a neuroscientist who has been studying psychology and neuroscience for more than 25 years. Irina founded the Neuroscience School to help coaches and helping professionals understand and apply the latest neuroscience findings to their own practices. That way they can work with their clients' brains to more easily create long-lasting, transformative change. Fun fact before we start, like me, Irina was once a certified public accountant. Welcome to Irina and let's jump right into our conversation. early 90s, I went back to school right after my third child was born. And in my first semester back, I took a course in neurobiology that blew my mind. And that was the beginning of my love affair with the brain. So a lot of people would not necessarily connect neuroscience to businesses blowing up. Can you make the connection for us and tell us how it has operated in your own business, expanding, exploding? I'm like a a neuroscience research nerd. So I'm up to date pretty much on what's happening in the world of neuroscience. The brain works in certain ways and you can work with the brain or against the brain. And if you're working with the client's brain, change is going to be easier, change is going to be faster, and change is going to be longer lasting. I'm interested to know how neuroscience helped your business grow other than creating programs about neuroscience? Like how did you employ neuroscience that helped cause the expansion of your business? So the main thing is the tools and strategies that I learned and that I applied to myself. I do suffer from anxiety. I have difficulty often just getting going. There was a time also when I would wake up in the morning with a sense of despair and I didn't feel like doing anything all day. That has plagued me for years. But I learned strategies in neuroscience that I apply that get me moving. The brain has many networks. The ones that are important for us to get moving are the default mode network and the central executive network. Each has a series of structures that work in opposition to each other. So if the central executive network is active, 
then the default mode network will be deactivated. I don't mean completely offline, but its activation is reduced. Conversely, if the default mode network is active, the central executive network is not active. When you're in the default mode network, you can't get external work done. Working on trying to get yourself motivated before you start working is keeping you in the default mode network. It's never going to work. So you have to get out of that network and into the central executive network. And how do you do that? Hold on. Before we go into how we do that, can you explain a little bit more about the default mode network and the central executive network? Yeah. So the default mode network is active when we're in our own internal thoughts. Is that similar to like unconscious thoughts? It's not always unconscious. So like if I'm working on getting myself motivated or I'm listening to these negative voices in my head, that's all default mode network. I mean, when people say I went into default or this is my default reaction or this is my default mode, that's what they're talking about? No, that would be different. So your default mode, the way most people talk about it would be just your usual way of doing things. It might be in the default mode network, but not necessarily. So this is a neuroscience term. It's a neuroscience term that's active when you're in your own internal thoughts. So trying to work yourself up to get it starting to work is keeping you in the default mode network. Do you have to talk to somebody to get out of that? Take your thoughts out of your mind and out into the room and look at the items in the room, but without judgment. If you try that yourself, you'll see that you just get this calm feeling. It really takes you out into the present moment. So that's one of the super easy ways to get out of it. But one that really works well for most people and for me is just to start working, just start on something small and simple that's not scary, but it's still important to your work. And that can get you out of the default mode network and into the central executive network. What can happen too is it can start a progress loop where it just feeds on each other for the whole day. And that's because of dopamine. It's every time we have success on a task, we get a release of dopamine. And that dopamine makes it more likely that we'll have success on the next task. So you can structure your day as a series of small tasks. But you want to make sure you're going to have success on those tasks. So make them small enough. Say a little bit more about the central executive. So the central executive network is where you get your external work done, right? When you're interacting with the outside world. So the outside world is even something like your computer. So it's not going out into the world necessarily. It's anything that is essentially outside of your own thoughts. Exactly. So true confession here. I spend far more time than I think is ideal in bed catching up on current events on my phone. I'm guessing that's probably not going to start that dopamine progress. You would have to test that out, but I doubt it. It's not really completing. It's delaying. It's delaying. Yeah. What people often talk about with social media and such is, you know, the reason they're so successful is because of the dopamine hits and they keep you engaged. But it's not just about the dopamine hits, it's about the success loop, because not many people feel successful while scrolling through social media. Okay, that's important. It's not just the dopamine. It's about having the successes, right? Because your brain likes reward. What changed for you in your personal life after you really mastered that in your own business? I feel more confident now than before. I feel like a businesswoman. I'm constantly thinking about not just 
how can I make the program better? Or what am I going to write for a blog post? Or what am I going to talk about on a call with students? But I'm really focused on what's the next step to grow my business. I think it's interesting that because of the way you interact with your list, with your audience, you have a really solid relationship with them. How have you done that? I try and write a blog post every two weeks. And it's an article about some current or even some previous research that is still very relevant. And I try and make it practical for coaches and helping professionals. I try and put the word brain or something like that in the title because that seems to work. I really focus on providing good quality information. And that's what I pride myself on. Like there's a lot of neuro junk out there. I just want to give them the real information. That's the secret. Nurture your audience with good, solid information that they want, that they're interested in. Exactly. I'm really passionate about this and I'm passionate about sharing it with people because it's going to make their lives better. These are learnings that they don't normally get anywhere else. Like whoever heard of the default mode network and the central executive network? No one's heard of that before. Right. Except for scientists. For the coaches out there, in what ways can adding elements of neuroscience to their practice make a difference for them? There's a reason that people are interested in the work that you do. What is so attractive to people about it? What kind of difference can it make in someone's coaching practice? It makes their coaching evidence-based. For some people, it's really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's really important. And it's also important to work with the brain and not against the brain. So an example that most people would be familiar with is visualization, right? Many coaches tell you visualize having succeeded already, like standing on the podium of success. But that's not what the research shows. That can actually hinder you from achieving your goal. Interesting. Athletes don't visualize themselves just standing on the podium with the medal. They visualize themselves running the race or hitting that shot. And they'll do that over and over again. And so the way to visualize is to break things down into tasks and visualize those. And then also identify the obstacles that may come up, right? So just visualizing like standing on the podium of success can hinder your progress. And that's because the brain doesn't differentiate between visualizing and actual success. So there's a reduction in energy. There was an interesting study where Gabriella Ottingen used systolic blood pressure to measure the drop in energy. And she found that, yes, after they visualize being successful on their goal, their systolic blood pressure dropped. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So it's better to visualize yourself succeeding while doing than having done. Than having done. I love that. That is a very important distinction. I've always said I love having written, you know, because I struggle like many creatives with the process of getting it where I want to go. But what you're saying is to really focus on, yeah, I'm struggling and I'm achieving. Yeah, I'm wrestling with this copy and it's coming together. Like that's the better place to be visualizing. Yes, that is the better place to visualize. I mean, you can still have your goal and the goal is important because you have to know where you're headed, but it's the steps that are important to getting there. So that's an example of how you can work with the brain. 
right? The other way where you just visualize having success, that works against the brain, right? It doesn't work with how the brain works. What about affirmations? So, yeah, many people like affirmations, but unfortunately, (laughs) affirmations don't work well for people who have some issues with self-esteem, which is most of us, or even every one of us. But there is a way that you can use affirmations, and it's called the directed abstraction technique. And that is, you complete this sentence, this went well today because I am. And the first part is evidence for the second part. And so your brain will believe it. So my talk went well today because I am a good speaker. Right? I don't normally think of myself as a good speaker, but if my talk went well today, then my brain's not going to fight that, that I'm a good mm-hmm. speaker. Mm-hmm. I had a client once whose self-esteem was through the floor, and yet she was a very educated and very smart woman. I had her do that with three things every day that went well. Within a few days, I mean, she was shocked at how accomplished she really was. Right? So in what other ways have you seen coaches applying neuroscience to their practices, how else have you seen it be helpful and an element that really supported them in growing? In addition to learning more techniques and strategies and applying them, what they also like is that they're able to explain to their clients better how the brain works, which helps with change. Some people don't really care. They don't need to know that. But there are certain professions where people really want to know that. What comes to mind are engineers and accountants. They want to know things like that. Coaches are finding that it helps their clients with change because when you explain like this directed abstraction technique or or any technique, if you can explain, well, this works because of this, this is how the brain works, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it helps with change. Very cool. And as you have supported coaches and using neuroscience in their own practices, where have you found that people get stuck as they're going through this? There are two ways to look at this material. One of them is that you take out, well, I like this tool, I like that strategy, and you just stick them into your coaching program with clients here and there. And then the other way is where you take a step back and you look at the bigger picture and you integrate it in a bigger way and you let it really change your coaching. And that is the better way. So let's talk. Wow, that was fascinating. I hope you got as much out of that conversation as I personally did. I was especially intrigued by the clarification to the practice that we all know of as visualization. Essentially, we should focus less on visualizing the end and more on visualizing the process, the doing. Mind blown. Loved it. Big thanks to Irina for this intriguing look into how brain science can help us as business owners and help us better serve our clients. Be sure to download Irina's gift to you. It's called 10 Neuroscience Strategies You Can Use in Your Life and Work. And the beauty of these strategies as a coach or a helping professional is that you can use them for your own life and you can use them with your clients to create bigger and more permanent results. Get your copy of it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Irina. 
That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Irina, I-R-E-N-A. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eaney, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think, and they're afraid. They were, honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone, and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at, like, you know, my fears, going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that that creates chaos what's the end goal, what are we trying to achieve. And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but... uh, You know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you asked me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there. 
but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard. <laughs>